Okay, and just before we get rolling, a couple of items came up. Uh, apparently there's a white Cadillac or Lincoln down the lane, and the passenger window was wide open, so a bunch of rain was getting in. And also, too, we found this key during breakfast. And uh, before we get started, I just thought I'd quickly review the topics that were suggested last night, which are, how can newcomers get involved in the steps, relationships and unity, tradition 10, amends, structure of groups, getting through dark times, the pace of the steps, how to keep AA interesting over time, recovered or not, hope for chronic relapsers, and evolution of outside issues. And to speak on this and other matters, Tommy. We should be able to get through all of that <laughs> before lunchtime with a break built in, <laughs> yeah, particularly with rain outside here. Good to see everybody. I hope you had a good night. Uh, I slept in. I almost made it to 4 o'clock, and <laughs> then I had to get up. I don't know. I've had an urgent need to get on my feet. Uh, it's good to see everybody here. Good breakfast, eh? Yeah. Good folks know what to do. I'm going to have to get out of this anyway. The... Uh, what I did was uh, I took what what Bill gave me, then I just added a few little doodles to it. Now, now I think you know, what we try to do is, uh, since we're going to goof off this afternoon, is, is uh, we'll focus primarily on on the things related to the book and getting started and the, the, the step process and the group things, the things that, that help somebody get into the program and stay. And we'll deal with that primarily, and then move into uh, the unity things uh, this evening and visit traditions a bit, in particular how they relate personally and to some of the relationship stuff we were talking about, which is what traditions are about. So we'll deal with that this evening, and then uh, t tomorrow uh, we want to deal with, with the, what brings it alive. Yeah, what is it that makes the program really grow and and uh, become more satisfying rather than old hat? What is it that keeps old members uh, uh, young? Yeah, I've, yeah I've, I've been here a long time, and that uh, I, I think I am as probably as active now as I've ever been in my life. Yeah, it couldn't be much more active, and uh, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, I'd deliver me from sitting around staring at my navel and and reading lofty books about some old dude that's been dead 200 years. So I don't want to get into that just yet. I'll save that for the old folks. And, uh, and uh, I'll stick with this. It's so I'm, And I'm active not because I'm a dedicated idiot. That helps, but that's, that's not the real reason. I'm active because what I found... It's just what I said last night, that, that that pink cloud honeymoon stage lasts as long as we do the things that make it happen. And the minute we quit, it quits. And, and so that's why I do it, because I'm, I'm greedy. I, I want all I can get. And uh, yeah, so, I, so how do we get people started in that? I had uh, I noted a few things that I just kind of highlighted to visit. And, you know, of course, you naturally I'm going to put stuff in the context of my own experience rather than philosophize and tell you what I read somewhere, unless it's in the book. Um, 
And I'm, I'll just kind of go through these, and, and it won't be an orderly process, but it'd be a, a, a try to stick to the things that folks were concerned about getting a little bit more deeply involved in. And again, uh, by, by all means, feel free to join in. You don't have to go to a mic anywhere. Uh, if you'll just speak up, am I telling the truth? Sure. If you just speak up, it'll pick up. Okay, no problem. All right, so, so by all means, join in. And don't let it be a, a, a speaker meeting. I will if you let me, but, <laughs> but, but don't, don't let me. It's, it'll, be, it'll be better for everybody concerned. Now, I'm just going to try to kind of trake off on, uh, on, on these things. You know, how can they, newcomers get involved in the steps? And, and God knows there are tons of ways, and you probably know as many as me. Um, the uh, Probably the most important work, most effective work I've ever done in, in, in the fellowship has been in taking people through the book, taking people through the steps. Uh, I, I first got into doing something like that, as, as a matter of fact, in, in, in Canada. The uh, Way back, I made my first trip at, into Canada in, in 65. And along in that period, there was a group in Winnipeg that uh, led by... A wonderful name for an alcoholic. His name was Cheater, <laughs> Max Cheater. And he's a great, great AA member. And him and a couple other guys, they started a group called the Golden Slippers. They wanted to work with people who just didn't seem to make it. And so they started doing the steps in sequence. Yeah, and so, they, so they, they, would, they built their whole program around that. And then they moved it into a little more organized approach of taking people through an orderly process. And the first time I ever saw that, was uh, I knew Mac, I, I met, I came to know Mac, but that moved over to Prince Albert. And uh, I not only found my wife there, but I found the process there. And they, they had a name for it that wasn't, probably wasn't conference approved, but it was all right. I mean, it's what they hung on it. Prince Albert people are that way. They just don't do it like the rest of the world. They, they got their own method for doing stuff. And uh, that, that's the first time I ran it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Navalco. That, uh, you know what that little acronym stood for? Yeah, yeah, novice alcoholic, and, and it was for new, new for for new members. So that's what it was designed for, and it was designed to be a kind of a, a, a dogmatic approach. You know, you go right hard line down that thing, do the action, rather than sort of nurturing process. It's more of a real straight, hard on kind of a kind of a process. And uh, the, the guy that was the real driving force in that thing was my grand sponsor, a guy, a guy named Elmer. And uh, he was about as diplomatic as a pit bull. <laughs> that, that boy was a, a, a real train wreck of a guy, that, but a heck of a guy. So that's where I got in touch with and first got acquainted with a process, you know, a well-laid-out process. And... Uh, and it, and it worked. I've never done anything that didn't work uh, for somebody, nor anything that worked for everybody. Yeah, so, I've, so, so I've done it a lot of different ways. And the Valco approach was one of them. Yeah, I used that not only in, in my home group, but I used it in prisons that, uh, where I did stuff. And so it, it's a good process, well designed. Uh, I've done it Marine Corps style. You know, bring you 12 and 12 and either do it or die. You know, it's about what it was. <laughs> do it, bring the evidence in your pocket next week. You know, if you didn't have it, don't come. And so sort of Marine Corps style. 
And all of it works somewhat. And uh, But over the years, you, you might have had some of the same kind of angst I did about stuff. I, I grow, grew and still, still continue to grow more and more concerned about the tremendous turnover in Alcoholics Anonymous. It, it looked to me like we had more people live, leaving than coming in, or at least even. And, and I think losing ground, really. And so I was concerned about that. And I don't know about you, but when I see that happening, I don't want to demonize the guy coming in the door. You know, I, I don't expect much out of the guy coming in the door. He's earned his way in that door by beating his life almost out of himself. And he's somebody who is screwed in every way in the world. He knows how to screw up. So the last thing he needs is me for, the di- me, for me to diagnose him as being a guy that's probably not going to make it. And so rather than that, you know, when I look at a problem like that, I don't want to demonize what I see. I want to see if I can understand what I see. What is it that, that causes folks to make a revolving door out of Alcoholics Anonymous? What is it that makes people unable to catch on to it? And, and so I just got thinking that it was the quality of our introduction that, was, uh, that we could do something about we're not going to do anything about who walks in the door, but in terms of what we do with them. And so I was looking, looking for all. I tried a lot of things, and nothing that really worked to a, to a thing you want to put headlines on. But it did some good, and I started looking around for something that that uh, I thought might work better. And I, I was uh, I was in a conference somewhere. And a good buddy of mine, a long-time buddy, I used to see him a lot, you know, just traveling around. And, and uh, he was a good guy, a real good, solid, one of the most healing guys I've ever known. And uh, so we were talking about this kind of stuff, and he, he said, well, I do something about it. He's he, not a very aggressive guy. He said, well, I do a little something about it. I said, well, tell me about it, what you do. So he told me very gently, and you know, like he was apologizing for it. And uh, he described it to me. Now, I'm kind of a visual guy. Yeah, I, I hear words. Well, I'm getting hearing aids next week. Only because God, i got to shut my wife up. And she, she, she thinks I'm hard of hearing. I, I'm not going to tell her that. She just says stuff I don't want to hear. I just, so, so I'm, I'm going to take those stupid ear, ear things next week. Wow. If you're single, go for it. <laughs> no, no, she's okay. Uh, but anyway, this guy, uh, this guy was telling me what he did. I said, "Show me, show me." So we literally just dragged up some chairs in the corridor of a, uh, in a hotel. About a half a dozen of us there. The guy got the book. He started opening it up. Started reading something. He read just a few lines and said. Does anybody identify or relate to that? And uh, of course, about everybody did. And and he said, "Well, this is what we do. You know, what we do is go through the book, and the question is never, never, what do you think of that? It is never what's your opinion about that, because it's not an educational process; it's an action process." And the whole question is, do you identify? Identify means you've done it. Relate means you would have if you'd have thought of it. <laughs> but, and a lot of us just don't, can't think of all the kinky stuff to do. And, and, but the minute I heard that, I said, my God, that makes sense. 
And so I went back, and uh, I said, I think we'll try that. And so I just got a few guys, and I live in a little small town. It's about, it's about the size of a shopping center in Vancouver, but it's a little town. <laughs> and uh, so I got some folks that I sponsored said, uh, going to do this big book workshop, not, not a study. Big difference in a study and a workshop. Study means you, you're going to learn it. Workshop means you're going to do it. And so we approached it that way, that we're going to do a workshop. And uh, feel free to bring it, if you want to do it, feel free to bring anybody you like. Well, that's a nice, generous deal. And I felt good about it until I was watching the door when we started out first night. And there was a woman came in the door. I just flat didn't like. I, I mean, I didn't like her. She's a bad Yankee. God knows she's a bad Yankee. And uh, full-blooded. She's an Ivy League girl, Ivy League uh, product, and very proud of it. It lets you know in a heartbeat. She was an atheist, and I mean a card-toting, flag-waving, foot-stomping atheist. And uh, I thought she came to A primarily to debate that with me. Because that seemed to be what she wanted to do every time I saw her. And she came in, and I said, oh, my God, not her. I'm going to spend the next year in debate with this gal. And, uh, and, and she didn't like me a bit either. That, and so we started out. And, uh, you know, a funny thing, most of us are sitting where we sat the last time we were in this room. There's just an instinct. It was a homing instinct. I guess we'll tend to go where we go. So she buddied up with two other aggravated cases, and uh, and they were sitting sitting together, and so I'm thinking, there's trouble city. You know, I'll have to be careful about how I handle that car. So we started out, and it went that way you know, to, to start with. Yeah, it was not an open discussion. Yeah, it was a leader control deal. The leader does all the reading. God, that's why my voice is going bad. Leader leader does all the leading does all of the leadership, and it's not some of just freewheeling, you know, that, that you, you get get invited. And, and, and so it's a process that's pretty thoughtful and not chaotic. And uh, so we started going along, and uh, we're doing pretty well. And I noticed this it's a slow process, very, very labor-intensive process. And I noticed that that my little oddball row back there, seemed to be mellowing a little bit. And I, I couldn't quite believe it, so I didn't buy it 100%, but they just seemed like they were really settling in and acting like people. And uh, so we, we, we went along. And uh, now I'm a, I'm a great believer in spontaneity. I just love to see things just happen. And spontaneity is wonderful if it's well planned. <laughs> it, just, it just works a whole lot better, a whole lot better if you plan it well. And uh, so we just, one night, spontaneously ended the session on the third step prayer. It just, just so happened with careful, careful, careful preparation. And so we got to it. I said, we're going to do a little different tonight. We're not going to do the Our Father. Uh, we're going to do the third step prayer. And you've got three options. One, you can join hands, get down and do it with us. Or two, you can hold our hands while we do it. Or three, you can stand back and watch us do it. 
I won't tell you what she told me later, but she she told me that she didn't say it out loud, but she, under her breath, she called me every time. I'd never been cussed that bad in a bar, you know, and she was flat laying it on me. And uh, now she had a dilemma, <laughs> spontaneous dilemma, and uh, she she uh, she said when she got through telling me what my ancestry was. She uh, had to decide. And so she stepped in the circle. Now, I wouldn't have bet on that. Stepped in the circle. And she did the prayer with us. And uh, I would not have believed it. If anybody had told me or predicted it, I wouldn't have believed it. But that gal was changed. Now, I don't mean burning bush and changed immediately. But she almost at once started to soften started to hear, started to engage and not be the, 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 the resident critic that was standing back reacting. She started getting involved in the process. And uh, if anybody had told me, I wouldn't have believed it. She became my alternate. If I had to be gone, I'd, I'd made a commitment. I would be there every Tuesday night if I possibly could. And everybody else made the same commitment. And But there, was, but there were times when I just simply had to, to honor a commitment somewhere and um, so she was my backup. I wouldn't have trusted her with my dog. I, and here I'm trusting her with all, my, all, all the folks out here, including my sponsorship line. And uh, she did a great job. Great job. And if, if nothing ever happened beyond that, it would have been worth everything we did. Because that gal right today, she's sober many, many years, and... Uh, She's probably the warmest, most gracious, effective woman member in my area. And, and, and if I have a, a, anything going, if I've got a woman coming into town from somewhere and she wants to get in touch or she's got a, a crisis with a woman, that's my go-to person. If I, if I never seen anything else, it would have been worth it to me. Because what it showed was that there was something powerful about the group phenomenon. There's something powerful about a group sort of working together. Very frankly, if, if I had plenty of time and, and was in position to do it individually, I would not. I would prefer group. And I prefer group because there's a dynamic in a group that's not there when it's individual. There's also the, the, the accountability factor with other people doing the same thing. But but when you get through, where are you going to spend your life in groups, not with with some some mentor or or you know, great leader. You know, it, it, you're going to be spending it in groups. So I look at that as preparation of learning how to be effective in a group and how to do good work in a group. Was it effective? I'll tell you this. I had 15 people. Finished that group, and we only counted it if they attended every session. We had 50, 15 people who completed every session. All 15 are sober today, and that's been many years. That's, that's probably been close to 20 years ago, and, and they're all people that have, have really developed into good, strong members. Well, no, I didn't need to do any analysis. I knew that we had a winner here. There's something about that intensive work with other alcoholics in a group session that, that is, is truly effective. The only problem with it, it, is, it really is labor-intensive, and it takes a long time. You know, that typically, it would run 
anywhere from a year to a year and a half, depending on the size of the group. And uh, 18 months was, was the record breaker. Everybody's telling me it was longer, but it wasn't. I, I actually counted it. It was. They just felt like it was longer. So, great thing. Yeah, and, and all of these folks that uh, have done well, they've gone on. It, it's, a, it's a bit more labor-intensive than I like, and it's a bit more time-consuming than I like. And so, I guess I'm, my, de my, my mission in life is to drain Canada of all its talent. And uh, so I'm looking at one right now, trying it out, that uh, a buddy of mine over in Saskatchewan modified a version of it that you can – it's, it's, a, it's a little more hard-hitting. It's designed to put the weight on the person rather than the leader carrying the, the burden of responsibility. It's designed to do that, and, and that I like about it because the more you invest, the more you get, eh? And, and so uh, I like that. And so we've tried that a couple of times. Uh, right now, uh, I'm just observing to see what the long-term result is. Short-term is good. But whether, whether it's going to be a hold-up and, and stand the test, we'll see. Yeah. Um, there about a year, a year and a half ago. Are you including people that are just coming in? There are, uh, yeah. That, that's, that was my question. If, 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 yeah. If they happen to be there at the right time, we don't add anybody. You know, once it starts, that's the group. No, what I mean is someone yeah. who's, say, sober, they've, maybe they've had to go to detox or hospitalization, have come out, uh, been brought into a home group or so forth. We would welcome them into it. a year and a half to work through the steps, yeah. that's where I guess I wonder a question to concern if that's a long time for someone who's working for a relief we, we have, we've had a, a, some minor dropout yeah, that it typically uh, – we'll get some, like you're talking about, that are, they're new or they've been revolving door type. We'll get some of those. You, you have some fallout you know, that, that, that'll happen in that. It's for not only with, with newcomer types, you know, but that, that's going to happen. And so you, a lot of people are not willing to pay the dues. And when you make a commitment to be there every Tuesday night for a couple of hours, that's a commitment. And you don't miss. You, you don't just hit and miss to, to do that. If you do, you destroy the process. So the, uh, it's not geared to newcomers, but it will handle newcomers. We've done it, for example, the shorter version we've done uh, at, at prisons and, and had good luck there. So we're fishing with that new one. Whether, whether we're going to do that or not, I don't know, but that's one we're looking at. And the other one I've been delighted with but just the duration of it is is uh, is, is really daunting, and yeah. Uh -huh. Sorry. Speak up a little bit. Uh, do, you, do you use just a big book for that session? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, just a big book. Yeah, we don't use a, we don't we don't use any other material than that, and uh, it's not a regular meeting. It's not a part of a group. It's just a group of people. We meet in my home group's meeting place only because it's available. But the, uh, the, uh, but the whole purpose is to go through the book. And, to, and the, book, the book is the program of recovery. And so just to work with steps, just pull out the steps and use them, kind of shortcuts a lot of stuff. 
And so I really like that thing of going through it. Not only do you get the, the program laid out in the steps, but you also get the, the program of AA that surrounds the steps, you know, that, that grows out of the step. So I, li I like to, to have that. Uh, but we go straight book. We go to 164 pages. Do you have written work Not in the, sh the long version, not in the long one, you know, where we go, we go through and the leader leads it, not in that one. How did they do the steps? Like, how did they do like, the step four? Did you walk them through it? We, we do, and now I have, I have some, some, some people don't write well. And so I have some stuff, the you know, formats for a fourth step that I'll give somebody that needs them. But it's not a, just a handout, here's everybody, here's a fourth step, do this. They'd prefer that to have the more you, the more you put in it, the more ownership you have. So I like for people to get hold of what they are comfortable with. But I've got that available, you know, just in the long form. In the short form, uh, it's not really a format so much there, but we'll help a little bit with the short form, like with the prison. You know, we'll give a format there just to sort of help them get through the hurdle of learning how to do it. So we'll do some of that, though, but... I really like to see the person invest a lot, you know, so that they have ownership and not just, you know, hand out and respond, you know, like a survey. I really like to see them do, do, a, do a little more. I'm a slave driver is what it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's good. How do you motivate someone to invest like that? Is, there, is that something that has to come from inside them? Because, I mean... If you, if you look at where it says, even in the big book, it says if they really want it, 50% of people will get it immediately, 25% with some, a few, with a little bit of research, and then 25% it says won't get it. You know, they'll show improvement, you know, per se, right? I mean, yeah. that, I think there's a lot of people like, come, check it out, leave, come, you know, but they're not really investing. Well, we'll find out as we go along. I, I tell you, now, personally, I have real questions about motivating somebody. Yeah, I'm not sure you motivate anybody to do anything. Just one minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's a nice thought, but I'm not sure you can pull it off. Yeah, that's, hang on a minute. We'll be right to you. The D. Sorry? Yeah, it, 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 get open to it. I, I'm not sure about motivation. <laughs> that's like a pep rally, you know that. That's, it's a great thing to have, but I'm not sure you can give it to somebody. What what we do, what we do is take them through the step. Everybody's not going to make it. Most do. Very few dropouts. You get some. We had one guy dropped out and shot himself. Yeah, he just was. He was too far in. He just couldn't. He saw the rope, but he couldn't grab it. You see what I mean? And so he he gave up. He was a nice guy. Yeah, but that's what happens. Just like we were talking about last night, this illness goes deep, and you don't do it with just cosmetic little stuff, you know. Because you've got to dig in deep, and you've got to pull it out of the guy. So it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not a, a hard-driving thing. Well, it is hard-driving, but we have fun with it as well. You know, it's not just a grim death march, you know. And so we make it, we'll, we'll goof around a little bit. But, but, by, but, but, but bottom line is it's a serious process, and... And we want people who really want to do something and not load it up with, with people we're trying to talk into buying a used car or something, you know. That, and so we've got other programs for that. Yeah. But that, that we, we hold that line pretty, pretty straight on that thing. And one second. Yeah. Um, so I just want to take it back. You 
idea of being behind leadership, behind uh, That gets into a little deeper water than we swim in. It's like Bill is the leader of this meeting. He did his job and then went to the back row. That's what leaders do. They do their job and then hide. You know, so Bill, <laughs> Bill's hidden back there. So, so, so we don't, you know, we, 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 we don't, we don't try to fine tune that. We got a leader. One guy leads it all the way through, except you're the alternate like a gal I had. Doesn't tend to happen. Doesn't tend to happen. The book will do the work. You know, our job is to pull is to pull them through. You know, we don't need to do that thing. We don't need to give that kind of forceful intervention. That yeah, the book will take it. And so what we do is let the book do the work, and then then we don't have discussion. Yeah, you know, we don't, we don't have you know, what the only question. I repeat that thing because it's a pretty important question. The only question we ask is, do you identify or relate? Opinion never gets off the ground. Thoughts never get off the ground. We don't want that. We want to do the book the way it's laid out. And uh, so we stick to that pretty tight, you know. It's not uncomfortable because people get used to that pretty quickly. And, and they're trusted. You know, they're comfortable. They know what we're going to do. And uh, so it tends, it tends to work very well. You... Yeah, our, our tradition says, you know, that we practice attraction rather than promotion. And I hear sometimes in the rooms, people, when people start talking about the steps in meetings, they'll say, we, no, we don't, we don't promote this stuff. We just attract it. Is my job to promote those steps and this process of finding God, or is my job to sit back and wait for God to happen in these people and have them approach me? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's a program of attraction. It's, I, th I think our program of attraction is us and how we carry ourselves. It's not what we do. It's so much how we live, you know, and we're either a good example or a bad example, one or the other. And in the same way in, uh, in, 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 in doing a thing like this, that you, you can't motivate the guy to do it. it. It's a matter of just leading through the, the work, insisting that we stay there. And... Uh, so, now, I, I think it's a good point about promoting versus attracting. You know, we, we'll deal with that a little bit later on in another session. But the, uh, the, the thing is, on, on this one, we're looking for people who want to get well. We want people who are serious enough to make a commitment. And if they're not, we don't want to mess with it. You know, get into discussion meetings and spend the rest of your life if you want to. But we want to get in with people who really want to get well. And so that's what we're looking for. And so we just get the word out. And if we don't screen people and try to try to gauge your sincerity, we, we don't do that. If they got enough sense to find the door, come in. And uh, they'll either stay or go, one or the other. The overwhelming majority stay. They're, 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 yeah, but some, you know, we'll have some slippage, of course. You know, nothing's perfect. 
I just tell you this, since, I, since I've been in AA, it's the most effective thing I've ever been involved in. By far, the most effective thing. That's what I'm interested in. So I, I'm, I'm open to, to new ones, but, but the, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's an interesting question, though. It sure is. Yeah, here. So, just, so, I'm hearing it right. so in, in the process, you would actually go word for word from the beginning all the way through the 164 pages? That's right, okay. yeah. And then you would have places where you would be stopping and asking that question, do you identify, do you relate to that, or is it just an ongoing? I'll tell you what I do. You're asking people to, yeah. to pay attention in that way. What I do now, I cheat just a little bit. I've got the book on tape. And when I've got a session coming up, I can, I can, I mean, good God, even i got sense enough to anticipate about what we'll cover. And so what I'll do is put that on when I'm commuting. You know, I was, I was working when I put the first one on. And when I'm commuting, I, I play that part of the, the book over and over till I, till I was satisfied I really understood the message of it. Because if I'm going to lead it, i got to know where we're going. And, and so what I'm doing in that is there will be certain points that I want to kind of draw people out. You know, so it's not just reading and, and listening. It's more a matter of strategically saying, call on somebody. You know, say, hey, you, do you identify with that? You know, and then just engage people, not just waiting for a free-for-all, but just strategic leadership. You know, and and I, I think leadership is critical in a discussion. I absolutely despise meetings where somebody just puts something on the table and then sit and talk. I mean, God knows, man, I might as well be in a pool room, you know, so, you know for the value it has for me. So that, but that's what I do, and that's, that's the kind of preparation. So when I get in, I, I, can, I know the group, and I'll kind of strategically call on somebody that I think is going to really have something to say or needs to say something about that. So that's what I do in, in terms of the leadership in it. Do you have an idea of, say, for example, you're saying the longest one was 18 months, so yeah. 164 pages. You're, you're on average, you're about three pages a session. Do you have it kind of bookmarked beforehand that you have an idea, I want to get through these five pages tonight, or no. nothing set up in advance? Not, not really. I may have an, an ambition, but I don't have a real kind of – the one that lasted uh, – I made a bad mistake on the one that lasted 18 months. I had 32 people in that group. That's too many. That is too many. And my God, they about drove me crazy. Then, and I'm the one leading the parade, so I couldn't criticize anybody. I thought very appropriately we ended on Halloween night. <laughs> I said, come on, guys, we're done. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, that was just kind of bad planning because it was open door. We didn't close the door. And uh, 32 is too many. That 50 is kind of an outside deal. Yeah. The what step group? The eight-day step group. There's a, there's a workshop that's happening in the area. It's going to be okay. eight days. There's probably about 500 people going through that. Hundreds of them have gone through my home, and there's a couple of that, have, uh, uh, that are doing the work. And it was explained to me, that in my experience, as I've done these longer step groups where it's taken me like nine months, ten months, of, um, uh, my experience of that is I relapse through that. Said, uh, like, how are you doing it? And Dr. Bob broke back one sentence and it said, We're getting them to God quick. 
So, uh, in my experience, the Zane Except Group, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say about the shorter term uh, uh, step groups that are going through. Because uh, the advantage of what I'm seeing is um, the, the, the importance of that is not only do we, we crave that fellowship that grows among us, and so, you know, like a year and a half ago where I had one friend that I could count on going through that eight-day strip group with like 10, 15 people at a time, resulted in, you know, having, having a good pool, a good resource group to go to um, um, as support. We have like 86 people in our backyard for, for barbecues and that type of thing. So I think the importance of that is is for the newcomer is getting them to God quick and getting them to the fellowship and uh, and watching how recovered alcoholics move through the uh, the meetings and, and, and help others. It's, and so mm-hmm. so I just was interested to hear your point on that. The the, the 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 concern I have well my God we the market is flooded with with get sober quick things I mean I mean we got stuff being generated by every state and nation that's got the better quicker way or whatever I personally am leery of of quick fixes if you shorten it too much what you're doing is reading the book it is not for understanding, it's for experience. You know, the, the, the book is a guide to having the experience. And that's why I don't like to rush through it too much. My suspicion with that shorter version is that it may be too quick. That you, you, you look at it in four months. But we limit it to 10 in that one. We limit it to 10. I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with it. I, I'll tell you one thing, Dave, that, uh, and I'm almost old enough to quote it first person, but th- there's some romantic notion that we did it just beautifully better in the old days. <laughs> that's, a, that's a wonderful kind of dream, but it's not a reality. Yes, Jesus. I, you know, if, you, if you want to take a look I don't like to be a prophet of gloom, but I don't like to be a prophet of, of, of imagination either. If you really want to take a look at what the old days were like, look at the rest of the story on the first hundred. Take a look. And, and, and what you'll see will, will kill this notion that we had some magical way of just zipping folk through here. That uh, I never, when I came in, I never heard of anybody taking anybody through steps. It just wasn't done. I never went to a big book meeting the first 15 years because there weren't any. Weren't. They just didn't happen. And so, you know, the story gets richer as the time goes on. <laughs> and so, it's, a, it's a tough illness. And one minute, I saw somebody waiting right here, and I'll be right back. Yeah. Yeah, Peter? Uh, you mentioned uh, these workshops at 12 to 18 months, and I remember a couple of years ago that you decided to do a shortened version and, and tighten that up and do it in, in three months. And so what was your experience with the three-month version as opposed to lengthening it up? Was it as effective? And what were the, what were the lessons you learned between the two? Well, I'll tell you one thing I learned. It's a lot easier on the leader. <laughs> it's a job. That was so... You know, because it, it does, it moves fast, and it puts the work, the burden of the work on the person, which I love. But but I'm leery of the quick fix thing. You know, the, the, what what just basically the way that thing works 
you go through and it's laid out. It's easy to see. You've got material for the guy to take a look at it. And the guy over in, the, in PA who's now living in Arizona, the, the guy that worked and put that together. And the, the, what I like is that the leader will basically do, do a little introduction to a chapter. We'll, we'll, we'll delve into a chapter a bit. And then we'll assign, as I don't like the term, but they, he called it homework. You have what you do between meetings. And what you do is go through there and highlight what you identify with. The same thing we do openly in the session. What was important to you? And then bring that back to the group and share it with the rest of the group. Now, that I like. I like the dynamic of that with, with, you know, with, with engaging into sharing. Because everybody's not going to get the same thing. So those, those things I like. I'm just leery about the, uh, the uh, speed. So what, what I'm doing right now is just observing what's happened with the people. Long term, if it's not resulting in people sober, I don't care how cute it is. I don't want to, I don't want to get caught up in the notion that just because it's cute, it's good. So I, I want to look at that out, long term outcome of it. And in, the, in my experience in, in doing similar type of workshops, we would go in groups of 11 to 15, and it would take four to six months. And the success rate, everyone who went through the entire process, everyone would be still so Yeah. And they're still involved. Yeah. There's no magic uh, bullet, but that's... Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. Uh, within the first yeah. few weeks, but the ones who stuck with it, yeah. they're all still so Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there is no magic bullet, because even with the influx of all these things, we still have a horrendous turnover rate, horrendous turnover. So at whatever we're doing, I mean, we still got work to do. There's no question about that. So I, I, I hope this thing will hold up well with the little, little you know, observation. Well, this sure gets easier on the one, one second. I believe there's one more right here, and I'll be right back over there. You had your hand up. Oh, yeah, I was asking a question about the eight-day thing, right? About what? Uh, you've been so a while, right? <laughs> well, not long enough, but a long time. 53. So you've probably been around and Bob No, no, no I've been Bob's son, not him. But I mean, I'm not that old, for God's sake. What I'm hearing, right, is people coming out and saying, okay, we've been, it's been passed on by downline, downline from Bob, and we do the steps in eight days. And then we've recovered. And particularly announcing, I'm a recovered alcoholic. Remember the book says, from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Because in my book on page 85, it tells me that we are not cured of alcoholism. What we have is a daily brief contingent upon our spiritual maintenance. Condition. Mm -hmm. So, of my question was like if, uh, you know, in all honesty, I don't think it matters that much, you know. But it, but it is written that way. You know, recovered alcoholic. I refer to myself as recovered. You know, and I, you know, I am recovered. I could go back. You know, I certainly could do that. But, but I do that. But that's just a personal choice. I, I, I really don't think it makes a lot of difference. Because I just know a guy right now. Eleven years. You know, I need one of my house, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and even Milton said to me, Martin, he said, you know, I got play feet. He says, don't you put me up on the desk. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. yeah, none of us. 
None of yeah. us, uh, that for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, for me, uh, critical of the variable uh, was and still is a sponsor. I'm alive because of humble Bob M, who was my sponsor in 1994. You're a survivor. Somehow, God, my understanding, helped me listen to that. And because of his directness and his honesty and his ability to sort of move at a pace at which I could, but he actually pushed me, really. And I'm alive, I have a family, I have a pension, like all, all the things that fall under that. The critical variable, could you comment on that? Like a sponsor, pretty well from the word go, or even a sponsor, that's I think it's excellent observation, and the uh, the the thing I, I won't get into a whole bunch of the, the, the whole stuff surrounding it, but well, just like illustrate the deal. Now, I'm sure this is an above average group of AA members. I really believe it is. How many AA members in Vancouver are going to be taking a whole weekend to go stand in the rain to grow in, 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 uh, in understanding? You know, how many are going to be doing that? So I, I, would, I would rate this group as either lonely or... or, <laughs> or whatever. It's above average. And I, I would just sort of take a wild guess that probably 75 to 80 percent of this group have never experienced a 12-step call as a provider or consumer. <coughs> I'd almost lay money on it. Because what, what, what happened, I think it really impacts on what you're talking about and on what we're dealing with right now. The, uh, you know, as we started, thank God, we started to develop treatment in this world. You know, I never went through anything. It didn't exist when I came along. But thank God it did come along. But when it came along, it had huge impact on how we function in AA. Uh, quite frankly, I just don't think we dealt with it very well. I don't think we, we I don't think we adapted to a changing world. And, and what we started doing was, like alcoholics are coming in here, we're used to them coming in over here. So we kept looking over here and, and, and cussing out those over here. Yeah. And, and so what happened was we, we, we got a, a, a real detour, like a 12-step call had mo monumental value because you not only would have loyalty to that fellow who's he would normally become your sponsor, but you would not hesitate to do the same thing for somebody else. I mean, that went without saying. And, and so, uh, so what, we, you know, what we're dealing with now is a fellowship that's changed where almost everybody came from a 12-step call when I came in. Almost nobody does now. It's always social referrals or mandates or somebody yanking somebody around or you're going to 
go or die type stuff. That uh, so it's a whole changing world, and and so that whole business that was so much a valuable part of my life, uh, practically is non-existent now. There are hotbeds of it in a few places, but darn few, darn few. And so the kind of thing you're describing is, is I'm very well acquainted with that, and uh, I appreciate you bringing it up because God knows we need to visit that neighborhood. Yeah, Brian, you have. have a little business that I'll tell you you know, my question would be what do you put in it what do you contribute okay that's obvious that's obvious <laughs> but the thing is that if I don't if I don't participate in it it's going to be ter- relatively meaningless and uh, that, I'd ask the same question most anybody just complaining about something you know my standard thing well what are you doing yeah you know, instead of telling me how bad it is, tell me what you're doing. You know, tell me what you think we can do to make that better. And we, we typically don't. We'll back off and throw rocks, you know. And, and so, you know, business meetings can be a pain. They're not a pain in my group because they're well organized. You know, when we meet, our GSR is made up an agenda. When we get through, we have meetings on it. We conduct business the way it's laid out. That happens in strong three-legacy groups. It doesn't happen in more casual one-legacy groups where you just deal with recovery. And so we'll talk about that a little bit, a little bit more. But I just like the 12-step call, it's so vital. So is solid, well, well-developed three-legacy groups. You know, so we study something more than just me and mine. You know? And so, yeah, we'll deal with that a little bit more, Brian. But you bring, you bring up a good point. <laughs> but you bring it up in a way that you invite bricks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, wait one second, now be right back there. Yeah. My first business meeting was a serenity test. Uh, and I think for every newcomer, when they go to a business meeting, they say, well, where did all the fellowship go? Why are these people on each other's throats? There's a real passion about doing things for your group and carrying the message. Unfortunately, we're sort of divided sometimes, and we have to go back to the, you know, the principles that keep us together, the, the traditions, and our common welfare does first. And this is something that it took me a while to learn. But that wasn't what I wanted to talk about. But what I wanted to talk about was on the common meetings. The two things that you brought out that really make a lot of sense is, one, that we have to identify with the disease. Uh, there's a thing in human nature that says God helps those who help themselves. And this keeps raising its ugly head in our fellowship. Because it says that God is going for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And mm-hmm. I'm finding success with newcomers once they get the idea that, that they uh, are in a situation where God helps those who let him. And I think the process is getting us to the point where we surrender to the point where we can let God work these things in our lives. And we can disabuse ourselves of the idea that, that we're doing anything. Mm-hmm. We're just showing up. Uh, you know, this morning my sobriety came to me. It was gift wrapped. 
I didn't have to work for it. I didn't do a thing for it. It just was there. My only requirement today is that I have to maintain that for the rest of the day. If I don't want it anymore, all I do is turn and look God straight in the eye and say, take this gift and shove it up your ass. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> and we call that a slip. Thanks. I would, I would remind you of one other thing. You not only to, to wear the gift well, but to share it with others like you just did. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, very much. Yeah, right on. That um, it, we got some, we got some ragged stuff to do. I tell you just one more thing. I'm going back here in the kitchen. That uh, where the food is. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the thing about the thing about the business meeting thing, but. You, you remember, well, I don't know if you remember or not, but in 55, uh, in, 50, in 50, 1955, not 1855, by, uh, Bill, when, when at, the, at the Keel Auditorium in St. Louis, and, and if, you, if you don't know about, about that, read A.A. Comes of Age, and you'll, you'll learn all about it. But in 55, Bill, in effect, turned the fellowship over to the membership through the establishment of the General Service Conference and, and all of this that, that put our structure together, under the notion that the grassroots, the home group, would literally be the heartbeat of AA and would be the driving force. And uh, unfortunately, that dream has been more of a myth than a, than a dream realized, I, I, I tell you that. The, uh, I was sitting in my home group one night in, in what would have looked like a business meeting, and toward the end of the meeting, we did... If you don't know about, about this, learn it, please. Each year we do a pre-conference report where each group is asked to review the things that are going to come up in the conference and to, and to state a position. You know, that's where the group conscience is expressed. And we were doing that. And, and we got finished up, and, and I kind of looked at the bunch and I said, I said, do the same question I asked you. I said, you remember what Bill did in 1955? He set up the self-fellowship so that he and Bob, well, Bob was already gone, but so that they would move out of the way and the leadership would go to the membership. And I said, now, I don't know where Bill is, but if he's looking and watched what we were doing tonight, he would smile. Unfortunately, if he looked at most groups in the country, he would say, you've got to be kidding we get 20, I don't know about Canada, I haven't looked at Canada, but in the United States, in my state, and the rest of the states, we, we average having 23% representation in expressing the group conscience. That means 77% of the fellowship ignore the process. Ignore it. And we don't care. So you have a business meeting will start including things that are vital to the life of our fellowship. God, what a difference it can make, eh? So it's all what you put in it, you know, and that's why I, I, I like strong, purposeful groups. The kitchen, I'm sorry, guys, I was trying not to ignore you. Thanks a lot, Tom. Yeah, I really appreciate what I've heard so far, and, uh, and I enjoyed your, your, your qualifying yesterday. And one of the things that I like what you said about is the interaction, because really no one has the answers, do they? We just have experiences, right? And uh, for the amount of guys here that, uh, I don't know, uh, I got my freedom from Alcoholics Anonymous by doing the steps, right? And the worst thing about it is I didn't get in there early enough to do them, right? So by doing the steps, I got introduced to God, right? And, and by being here for a few years, I, and, and don't get me wrong, there's not a meeting I don't go to where the old guy that's there that comes every night that I go and say hi, because those are the people I learn from, right? So for, by being here for a few years and seeing what's happened, 
I've realized that when we get a group of guys like this who are meeting this together, and everybody's telling the truth, the spirituality that comes from it is phenomenal. Would you not all agree? Yeah. It's amazing how, how it happens, right? So when, when I come in and I'm, and I'm one day sober and I'm shaking like a goddamn leaf, and, and how am I supposed to be enthused, man? I, I just want to live, right? Either that or I want to die, right? I want to do something, right? So I, I really I really have had experience with this eight-day course on the steps, right? Because the steps work, the steps will still get through. In fact, I got through in a few weeks myself, and how I got through is by two guys in the big book study out of Calgary, right? Guys like yourself who devoted their life to doing it, right? I pulled in, I said, what is what this two-on-one big book thing? And they told me. I figured, okay, let's do it. I figured it'd be after motorcycle season, but no, it was within a few, a few weeks. I was in the guy's house on a Tuesday night doing the steps. So the reason I'm saying this is because we can go on and on and on and on forever and thinking about it, right? But what got us better? The steps get us better. Um, the, and, and, and how do we do the steps? As quick as we can, we go through them. So my experience has been whether it's an eight, an eight day or an eight week or, or whatever, getting someone through the steps. So I think the biggest problem we have in Alcoholics Anonymous right now is we're, we're watering it down, we're letting it go. And, and I think the old guys can test to it, right? It says in the big book when I've done 12 steps, go find somebody, right? It tells me where to go find them, right? It tells me where to go find them and help them walk them through the steps, right? And if we all did that, then we'd be doing what you guys did in the beginning, and that's how it would be, right? So how do I keep a guy motivated? You grab him, you pick him up, you bring him to the step work. Does the guy want to be there for 18 months? Well, he doesn't want to go through the steps in 18 months. So what's wrong? What's wrong with this quick little introduction to the steps to get it going? And if, you know what? If there is a God, if you believe in God, isn't he going to interject? You know what? I, I think that eight-week thing for the steps is phenomenal. Having 85 guys together doing that is just phenomenal. I do it with two guys, and by just continuing to do it with two, you get two more guys, and you're always doing a big book study with somebody, right? And as you go through it, you're working it, right? You do a step for it. You know, it might not be as thorough as the rest of it, but I'll tell you something. You look at the big book, and if you do the steps from the big book, like all this other stuff that's watering it down is this treatment stuff, right? There, there's, there's no treatment stuff that waters it down. It's in the big book. It shows you how to do it. It tells you where to start. And you know what? Three guys can get together, and twice a week, for three weeks, they could do the steps. Would you not agree? I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, you could do them in one day. Now, they may not have the depth, you know, but you do have to dig in and take action. You do have to dig in and take action. So it's, 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 you, it's, I did mine with absolutely no guidance from anybody other than just conversation with a buddy. Yeah, and so yeah, there are a thousand ways to do steps. And you can, you can do them. The big thing is just taking the action. You know, and if you take that, what, what, what I find in the steps is that each step prepares you for the next step. It's not a mentor. It's the way the steps are designed. Each one opens the door to the next one. And so it's just a logical process. And the more we can push people into that, the better. The, uh, you know, the, the, the steps are the heart of the program, They're absolutely the heart and soul of the program. But that's not all there is to it. You know, in, in terms of, of uh, again, I won't go into all, all this, the, the, the fellowship stuff. I wouldn't mind. But we, we not only quit doing 12-step work, we quit doing a lot of stuff. And as a fellowship, we're a fairly passive bunch right now. You know, it comes to something, I don't know about Vancouver. You guys are a little more advanced than, the, than some of the world. But... <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm being I'm being kind now. I'm, I'm, I'm letting my lack of information make me be benevolent. But but CPC, for example, cooperation professional community, it's almost unknown. It's almost unknown. 
And if you read anything in our history, you'll see that one of the vital functions of those early people was developing relationships with the professional community. You know, certainly AA was the only game in town, which made it a little easier. But, uh, for example, I was in Denver a while back at the state convention of, 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 of AA in Denver. And I, I asked a question just mainly to get some, uh, I was sitting in the audience, but I asked a question just mainly to get something going. And uh, I asked her something about CPC. And the, a woman stuck her hand up, and she said, may I ask a question of the questioner? <laughs> so the guy, I knew the guy on stage, he said, is that all right, Tom? I said, sure, it's all right. Yeah. She said, I hate to admit this, but I've been in AA 22 years, and I've got to ask you, what is CPC? And I said, honey, don't you be embarrassed about asking that question. You're probably speaking on behalf of over half of our fellowship when you ask that question. Because it's a vital thing. And it's just another one of those places where when started having treatment available on request all over the country, you know, we quit doing the work. We quit doing the outreach stuff. We started sitting in our tent waiting on people to show up rather than aggressively reaching out and trying to carry them. What the fifth tradition says is we carry the message to the alcoholic still suffers, not just wait at the good door and greet them. So it's, it requires a lot more than just working the steps. You've got to get them in the corral before you can do any, any breaking of the horse. You know, you've got to get them in there. So there's just a myriad of things that, that really impact on, uh, I think, in vital ways on, on the fellowship. Yeah, we, we talk a little bit more about, I'll give you a little preview tomorrow. <laughs> may not mean a thing, but it makes me feel better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a, a homework assignment of what to do when you leave here. And you can do whatever you want to, obviously. <laughs> but I'm going to give you an assignment. That if this sounds like a bunch of murky stuff that you can't quite get a handle on, you don't know what to do with the information, I, I'm going to break it down real simple, and I'll repeat this again before we leave. But... And I'm going to ask you, when you get back to your community, not just Vancouver or whichever town you're from, Kelowna or wherever, I'm going to ask you to give some thought to your community. What happens when an alcoholic hits the wall in your community? And, and you know, what hit the wall, it means a lot of stuff. He goes to jail, he goes to a detox, he goes, you hit the wall in a lot of places. And I tell you what put that on my mind is I, I went over to do detox one morning and there were no patients in detox. Now, I live in Mayberry and so it's not as it's probably as wild as Vancouver. But went in there so I was kidding with the nurses, I said, I guess we've cured alcoholism in this county. And they said, Oh no, no, no. The director of the behavioral unit came up. That behavioral unit is anybody that acts funny. <laughs> and, and that includes us for sure. And so she came up, and I, I just kind of—I didn't know her. Somebody introduced me to her. And I said, uh, "I said, well, I'm real pleased." I asked her the same question. I said, "Have we dried up alcoholism?" She said, "Oh God, no." I said, "Well, what's the problem? That there's nobody here?" She said, "It's money. It's money." Unlike Canada, you guys have a far better medical system than we do. And, and she said, if, "If the days are gone when somebody could come here and get taken in." for treatment. Those days are gone. And if they come and they have neither insurance nor money, all we can say is, I'm sorry, we can't take you. 
So I asked her a, a question. I said, well, what happens to people who request and are turned down and can't go? Now, she's the director of the behavioral unit. She looked and she said, you know, I don't know what happens to them. And it'd be real easy for me to be arrogantly uh, you know, condescending to her. You're the director of this unit, you ought to know. I'm the oldest thing in captivity down there in AA. I don't know either. I don't know. If I don't know, how am I going to expect her to? You know, so it's, it's a matter of that cooperation, you know, that, that so, and so we, we went to work on it, tried to equip the triage person, the one who tells them they can't get in, to equip them with numbers, call if you need help with somebody. But see, we haven't done that stuff for years. You know, we've sat back and condemned detoxes and triage people. And, 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 and we failed to fill the gap. That's what I'm saying is that we've got a lot of, a lot of problems that, that impact on the program that we just haven't really dealt with that much. Let's see if somebody... Yeah. Hi, I'm Dave. I'm an alcoholic. Hey. Less than a year, just about a year. Very grateful for this. So as a bit of a newcomer, um, especially in this company, as an observation, reflecting modern good data and different, people are learning. We know what's well documented. People are learning little snippets and we handle all this mass information in little pieces at a time. That's a learning technique that people are surviving or not. Strikes me as a comment is that an eight-day program as a primer, as an intentional setup for a longer term, something to get that first step through because that's the way people are learning. And I just throw that out as a, as a question mm -hmm. and a comment. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing that strikes me is observing over the year is I'm an alcoholic. That was really my only substance of of abuse and I'm audit. I see newcomers, there's very few just alcoholics that hit the wall that I see, especially among us young, young people. And as, as far as the change goes, what how do we incorporate that? I, I see that as an issue with the with the traditional AA steps. It's uh yeah, it's an important question too, by golly. The uh, I, I think when I travel around the world that, that, that the, the most troubling thing, I, I rarely get out of the airport parking lot before somebody will, I say, how's it going here, yeah, wherever I am. And nearly always at the top of the list will be singleness of purpose is a big problem. You know, you can't tell an AA meeting from an NA meeting or, or the gathering of the clan or whatever. And, uh, and the, other is, uh, the other is the lack of home groups. You know, lack of home groups. That, you know, I don't like to unload too much on treatment, but I think as treatment emerged, what you started to see were, were as an enormous proliferation of, of the growth of little meetings, not really groups, just meetings. They looked remarkably like aftercare meetings because that's essentially what they were. And, and so the treatment folk would inspire this in the interests of their clients and making up for the absence of readily available groups. That's why you see a lot of them coming on at noon and 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock and 4 o'clock in the morning. It, it, it did just sort of happen. And, and so myriad problems started to occur. The, uh, so those two things are big items. Seeing as a purpose is, is, uh, is a big one. And uh, in, in all candor, I think we're losing the battle. 
as far as maintaining that, that I think we're losing that battle. And uh, because I travel a great deal, and it's, it's a huge problem. Many areas of our country have given up any pretense of, of singleness of purpose. It doesn't matter, just y'all come. Well, my concern is when you stand, when you stand for, when you stand for everything, you really stand for nothing. And so you lose your purpose if you get too obscure in, in the clarity of it. What, that little thing I read from Dr. Bob is what, I'll give you an example of this, just of what, what I see. I, I, I sponsor a group in a prison. I was over there one night and they had an election for a chair. You know, the chair was getting shipped out. They had an election for a chair. And they, they went through it. They did conduct a nice election. And then they nominated a guy named Mike that I knew very well. He was not an alcoholic. He's a drug addict. And he was chairman of the NA group. And so the guy started to vote. Now, I'm not a visitor. I'm a sponsor. I'm not there to observe. I'm there to give leadership and guidance when it's needed. That was a, such an instance. And they, they started voting. I said, whoa, 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 guys, hold on here. Now, I hate to do this publicly. I think the worst possible way to deal with this is publicly. But I'm not going to watch a service job go down the sewer just out of courtesy. And so I said, no, you can't elect Dave, Mike. Yeah, that because he's not a, he's not a member, and a group a meetings are conducted by members, not nice guys. Now, we may be nice guys, but that's that's not the criteria. And so we, we went ahead and finished the election. Later, when the chair started to close the meeting, he said, "Tom, a lot of us are confused about this whole idea of of singleness of purpose. Would you elaborate on what you're talking about?" And you, I don't know if you've ever been in this position, Dave, but but. When I, when I get pressure on and I've got to, to respond quick, sometimes I just have to resort to the truth. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a last, it's a last hope. You know? But I just spontaneously, I've never used this before in, in talking about this, but I just spontaneously referred to that little paragraph there that Dr. Bob, I mentioned in the opening session, that uh, the little thing at the end of his story, and where he's describing... What happened between him and Bill, and, and the fact that what they what he did was identify with Bill, it was the layman teaching the professional, but he wasn't trying to teach; he was sharing where he was broken and healed, and that's what 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 Bob responded to. He identified with that. Well, my belief—that's just a Tom I believe—but my belief is that that forged the fundamental principle of Alcoholics Anonymous that this is built around identification, not education. That's why we don't teach a big book. We take people through and have them have the experience. And, and so, and I think it describes that if we say that we are a group of Alcoholics Anonymous, that we're going to provide a place where you can identify, I think we have an absolute obligation to deliver what we advertise. And I'll give you just one other example. This is kind of a hot issue. I had a deal. Now, our, our group, in 14 years, we had never had a problem with singleness of purpose, not one single time. It's not because we're righteous and hard to find or anything like that. Hey, we're right on Main Street. And the reason for it is we always have every one of our, we have an open meeting. We meet twice a week, have an open meeting. On Thursday, on Monday, we break up into three groups, one of which is a newcomer group. And a newcomer group is an absolute cure for the thing that promising its purpose. 
most people who come in are just coming out of treatment or out of cage or something. And when they come in, they're not sure what they are. Yep. And so we have a newcomer group, and part of the criteria is to help people identify and locate what they need if it's not AA. We've never had a problem. But we had a guy, you can tell when somebody's coming in to plant the flag, eh? I mean, you don't have to be a genius to spot that. So we had a couple of guys coming in, and, uh, and they were deliberately announcing their presence. You know, not in words, but they were deliberately announcing well, I was trying to catch one of them just to have a talk with them. And uh, it kept getting away, you know. So, so one night I grabbed one. And I said, let me just have a few minutes with you. And the guy said, okay. So we went down. And uh, we started talking. I said, you know, I said, notice that you got this. And he said, yeah, I said, that's right. He said, I'm, I'm an addict. I've done a lot of drinking. And, uh, but I'm a, I'm a drug addict. That's what I am. And I said, well, you know that you're welcome at open meetings. You know that. No question whatsoever. And he said, well, he kept saying over and over, but it's all the same. It's all the same. No matter what it is, it's the same stuff. You know, it's just called a different name. I said, well, you're welcome to that thought, yeah, but you're welcome to open me. So we, we, we had a good thing. Now, he was wanting to fight. You know, he was wanting to have a big argument. And he kept saying it's all the same, and I kept saying, uh, no, we practice things a purpose. Yeah. So I, I stayed calm, and he, he was accelerated. Yeah, he was really wide open. And... Uh, Finally, I said, uh, you, you're aware, I believe, you're, you're not a rookie here. You, you're aware that this, this principle has been in place in AA for 75 years. And he said, yeah, I'm aware of that. And I said, I imagine you know that we're not going to change that because you disagree with it. <laughs> and he said, well, probably not. <laughs> and, I, and, he, and I said, our group has been here 14 years, and we practice this principle. And you don't think we're going to change because you disagree? He said, no. And then we had, we're settling down, eh? We're settling down. We're starting to communicate instead of clash. And uh, he, 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 he did. This guy was an alcoholic. There was no question about it. He was a double hitter, double, double hitter guy. And so I told him, I said, my God, man, you're home free. You can go anywhere you want to go. Just don't pollute one environment by bringing in the other one, you know. Just identify what you are in relation to that fellowship. If you got both, use it. And if not, you know, find what you are, find your home. And so we got through, and he got calmed down. And he said, and I hope you hear this, because I've seen it done in this city where somebody was humiliated in, the, in, in a group dealt with publicly. And, uh, and he said, I guess you know that you're not the first guy that's talked to me about this. And I said, well, probably. <laughs> and he said, but I'll tell you this, you're the first one that's talked to me like a gentleman. Very important message. Very important message. I swear to God, I thought he was going to kiss me goodnight. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was warm. He just was warm and appreciative of that. And when he went all the way down the hall, he turned around and he said, goodnight, Tom. <laughs> and now he hasn't come back. And I, I wasn't trying to get him to stay. Well, I just wanted, and I told him, I said, I said, my friend, I'm not worried about you. You obviously are somewhat knowledgeable about it. I'm not worried about you. You're going to be okay. I worry about the next alcoholic who walks in this room expecting what we say we are, and he finds out that's not who we are. Now, that's who I'm worried about, you know, not you. And so it's something we have to do. I think we have to do with, it, with some sensitivity and some logic. 
and thoughtfulness. You know, that the I helped start a Narcotics Anonymous group not as a member but as a friend in 1958 because it was obvious that that junk back then was all horse junkies primarily and, and it, they, they just weren't fitting. And NA came into existence. We started a group and that group's still there. So if you want to help, you know, to me that's the way you help instead of just getting into this polarization thing, you know, throwing rocks. So it's, it's a huge problem. One more right here. Uh, yeah, probably. Yes. I believe, Brian, that the uh, fact it's going to be part of the homework. I forgot to put the punchline on that homework for you guys. Yeah, I believe that it's a rare person who says, I think I want to join AA. <laughs> we don't come here because we want looking for a fellowship. We're trying to get away from the fire, you know, whatever it is. And so very rare that somebody logically comes to Alcoholics Anonymous. We usually come because we hit the wall and somebody does what needs to be done. And, and the game is over. You know, that we don't do it because we're winning. And so, you know, that, that thing about hitting bottom is very real. And uh, so it, 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 people don't hit bottom till the, ra- people, till the people around them quit softening the blow. And, and so we, alcoholics get lied to more than anybody on the planet. With people say, if you do that again, I'm going to do this. And then they don't do it. If you do it again, I'm going to do it. it, it, it yeah. So that part of what the aggravation is. Why wow, that important. You got do you want to take a break now? I'm outnumbered here. I've got no. I don't want to be the minority opinion. But somebody, uh, what, let's do it when we come back. Hey, Bill, yeah, Bill, before you take a break, I had a really really serious thing to talk about, about what Tommy and we have all been talking about, okay, and about the thing about being, it's all the same, you know the thing about it's all the same, you know where that saying it's all the same came from? It oh. came from a treatment center that only had one van. <laughs> <laughs> bad, 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 We'll uh, take a quick 15-minute break here and stretch the legs and come back. Thank you.